Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. 
We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. If you want to get involved with the program tonight, uh, feel free to give us a call in studio. 701-225-5133 is the number for that. Or if you have any questions or comments uh, you'd like to text us, you can text us uh, those questions or comments at 701-290-7862. Again, uh, you can text us any questions or comments, 701-290-7862. Or if you have any more questions or comments uh, during the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight, um, you can email us if you're out of country, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, or if you just want to let us know where you're listening from, we, we'd also enjoy that too. Pastor. Thank you, Seth, and uh, what a fine job that I heard he did on Wednesday night preaching for our church. I was gone. My wife and I had went for a little trip, and we, we got back Saturday evening, but um, it was awful. Good to hear the good report that I heard about that. In fact, it sounds similar, somewhat similar maybe to the subject I'm talking about tonight, a little bit possibly. So um, if I run out of ammo tonight, I'll probably just turn it over to Seth and let him finish it up. And I really do encourage you, and I am encouraged when I get those texts and emails during the broadcast. If you're listening on a Holy Ghost radio tonight, you are listening live. And um, and so the text of 701-290-7862, uh, let me know where you're texting from, how you're listening. Of course, our target audience has always been locally here in Dickinson, North Dakota, the um, um, people, local people here in Dickinson and the fine people here. We, we love the city, and we've lived here. Since uh, 1989, we moved here, and so it's coming up on 30 years. It's I think 20 was it 28 years this um, this August that we moved here, and my kids grew up here, and my grandchildren now are growing up in this area. But um, so we're excited that that you would listen, and I'm always honored that people would listen. I I don't uh, consider myself that interesting. Maybe like if you'd heard me once, maybe I'd be interesting or twice but i've never really considered myself that interesting so when i hear people listening to me over and over i'm like either they have nothing to do or you know maybe god's using me or something i don't know and i'm not trying to be humble i've just never really considered myself you know that interesting of a speaker and i would never listen to one of my own tapes or probably listen you know i shouldn't say that because i have listened to a couple of the podcasts if you get on holy ghost radio but i really shouldn't because i might just give up give up if i keep listening uh we had a great church service today, a lot of visitors and um, new people, um, people that had been there before maybe a few times and just excited about that, excited about our jail ministry. Um, we had a lot of people in our, I mean, it's not good that we got a lot of people locked up, I guess, but a lot of people in both of our services, man, I don't know if it was like a record, but we had, I don't even know, I, I don't know, maybe Ben Lee, if he's listening, he can help me. I'm thinking between both services, maybe... 55 people there i i don't know something like that and we have two services at the county jail every sunday afternoon and re- really what a good service and, and uh had a couple people that helped me from the jail want uh, help me pray dismiss the service it was pretty neat i mean, there was just seemed like a real sincerity there that i really really liked now i'm going to tell you tonight the program is not going to at- attack sincerity but we're going to talk about how sincerity and and goodness aren't the only prerequisites for truth, uh, or for salvation, I should say. Um, God loves righteousness. He loves good people. Of course, God loves everybody, but he loves good people. He, I believe God pays attention to righteous people and good people. Um, 
and I and I guess I certainly want to honor them too, and no matter what they do, uh, for the good of mankind, or, or you know the Mother Teresas in the, this world, and all those people that do such wonderful things. For people, I I um, <coughs> you know I have certainly high respect. But tonight, I want to bring an out a, a part or a, bring to you another side of God that we need to pay attention to. We really do. Uh, this broadcast tonight is going to be maybe um, taking to task the concept that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. I'm going to take that concept to task tonight. I've heard that people say that in one way or the other over the years for many, many years. doesn't matter what you believe as long as, as, long as you believe. doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And uh, I want to take that. To, to task tonight, I'm going to just kind of get my wits, my scriptures together. Seth's going to play a, a song, but uh, go ahead and I'll read some of my texts here, 701-290-7862, and I'm going to come in right after this song and start this topic. Working miracles, I can see him all over the place. Not just the God who one time did, but he's the God who does. And that's why they call him the great I am. That's why they call him the great I am. And not the great I was. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. he's the God who made the universe and put the stars in space. He's
That was a catchy little song. The he's not the great. He's not the. He's the great I am, not the great I was. I like that. I was. We, Seth and I were talking about that while I was playing. Uh, many churches don't believe God can do it anymore. They they think the God of miracles is dead or gone or graduated or or something. But I. I'm telling you, I still believe he is the great I am, and I believe he's the, he can do great miracles. I believe in the last days he's going to gr- raise up prophets and prophetesses, uh, the Elijahs and the Deborahs, and I believe God's going to do it. I, I really do. I believe that God has never, ever changed his mind about using people, and um, what an exciting day to live in, this wild, crazy end times I believe that we're in. Tonight, uh, thanks for the text, by the way, so far just... Uh, uh, hello to Eric from Beulah texting me tonight. We've got Timothy Thor and his family. And um, these are some great people. Congratulations, Angela. Now, does anybody know what that means? But the uh, And then we've got uh, Carl and Jeannie and Jeannie's daughter, Olivia. Olivia, that is a beautiful name. I, I think if I had another daughter, I would consider naming her Olivia. That is just a really neat. I've got a friend that's got a daughter named Olivia. That's a pretty name. Good to have all of you guys listening tonight. Tonight, I want to turn your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 6. Um, talked about this story in church today, and I'm going to kind of diverge from what I talked about in church, kind of move away from it a little bit, but not really. I mean, it's going to kind of go in that same general direction. The Ark of the Covenant was um, captured, and I just laugh when I say that, by the Philistines. You wonder who captured who here, but the... Um, they didn't capture God, I'll tell you that. Well, they captured the Ark of the Covenant, and this Ark was causing great havoc amongst the Philistines. They were, they were, um, uh, they had put, placed it in their temple. Their their fish face god Dagon kept falling down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, we uh, read where they they took it out of the Ark of the Covenant, and the people in every Philistine city it was placed in. Got ter- there was death. There was terrible disease. Um, the emeralds, which which are uh, tumorous growth, the um, and uh, <laughs> some people say hemorrhoids. <laughs> That's the answer if you were looking that up. And um, but these were killing people. These were not a good deal. And um, and so they finally took this Ark of the Covenant. And if you're not a Bible person, just kind of hang on because I'll make this practical too. If you don't understand what I'm saying, but in First Samuel chapter six. The, the Philistines said, let's, you know, let's put this Ark of the Covenant on a cart and yoke up a couple oxen to the cart that have never pulled anything before. These oxen had just had calves, actually, which made it even doubly a test. Um, they took the calves away from these, these oxen and they put, put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart and that cart took off straight for the people of God, for the nation of Israel. And the Bible says, that um, it says that the um, that this cart went to a place called uh, Beth Shemesh. Beth Shemesh. This is in First Samuel chapter six and verse twelve. And the people in Beth Shemesh, when they saw this cart and the Ark of the of the Covenant coming, this box that that Moses had had built, they were excited. The Ark of the Covenant was back in Israel. They were excited. And so they they had a sacrifice, they got some Levites involved, they did some things that they were supposed to do. But I want you to notice 
in verse 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 6, and he, and this is talking about God, and he smote the men of Beth Shemesh, because they had looked into the ark of the Lord, even he, that's the Lord, smote of the people 50,000, threescore and ten, that's 50,070 men. And the people lamented because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God, and to whom shall he go, and who, and to whom shall he go up from us? Like, where can we send this Ark of the Covenant? And tonight, this is the broadcast tonight. This is the side of God that I don't think most religious radio programs would ever mention. But it's the side of God that needs to be mentioned. And it's, it's, um, you know, I don't want you to shut me off. I don't want you to turn me off. I don't want you to think I don't believe in mercy and grace. I do. Uh, very much so. And so does God, of course. But this story, these people took a peek inside this box. And they weren't supposed to. And 50,070 of God's people, the nation of Israel, if we can say God's people, I think I can say that, can I? Seth, they died. They, they died. Because they didn't know or didn't care to know what the rules, or maybe they did know and didn't think it mattered, what God expected. And so... This story, amongst among many stories in the Scripture, point us to the fact that it does matter what you believe. You know, this um, there is a ecumenical movement amongst Christians that basically says anything you believe is fine unless you believe something exclusively, and then that's not fine. In other words, you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as uh, everybody else is okay too. Like, 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 who are you to judge, Pastor Bob? Who are you to judge whether what I believe is right or whether what are I, whatever I believe is wrong? And you know what? That's a pretty good question. I would have to say uh, I am no one to judge that. When I step outside of what the Word of God says, uh, my opinions matter about as much as anybody else's opinions. Now, I will say this to you listening on the radio. My opinions outside of the Word of God don't really make any difference. If I'm your pastor, my opinions probably make a little more difference. You know, because some, some people come to me for, for, um, questions that are not addressed in the scripture. They come to me as a pastor and say, Pastor, should I, I've got this job offer. Should I move or should I stay? Well, in that ca- case, sometimes my opinion does matter. You know, sometimes my opinion matters if, if somebody asks me, you know, should I get married to a particular person? They come to me as a pastor and they say, uh, you know, there was a, uh, many years ago there was a, a young man that was engaged to get married and I found out that his fiance was living a lifestyle that wasn't really right or it didn't seem right. And I told him he should call off the wedding, and he did, which I mean, much to his honor, I think, and much to his salvation. And, and actually, since that day, he's even thanked me for this. Um, so, you know, I'm, I, I just digressed a little bit. So I'm not saying my opinion doesn't matter. But to you that are listening from Dickinson tonight that are not, and I'm not your pastor, my opinion doesn't make any difference at all in your life. 
if it's outside of the Word of God. And neither does anyone else's. You see, I tried to raise my kids that they aren't Pentecostal because I'm Pentecostal. My kids have heard this, they've heard this from the before they could talk. This, this kind of talking. They've heard this talking. I don't want you to be Pentecostal because I'm Pentecostal. I want you to, to be Pentecostal because it's the Word of God. You see, this story that I'm reading to you about the Ark of the Covenant and Beth Shemesh, we have people that were the people of God, they were the Israelites, looking into a box that God said nobody can look into. And they looked into this box and 50,070 of these people died. And then the question came from the men of Beth Shemesh, the ones that were left, they said, who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? <clears throat> these are the things I'm addressing tonight. When it comes to the things of God, you've got to know what God wants. You've got to know what he expects. You've got to know his commands. You cannot serve God by your own um, covenant. <clears throat> Some people enter a covenant with God like this. God, I promise that I'll start going to church if you get me out of jail. See, they make they think that's a covenant with God. You'll notice the covenant, Seth, and I know you've taught many Bible studies, the covenants of God were God's idea. They weren't our idea. God said, you do this, I'll do this. You see, people are like, they're making deals with God. They're making covenants with God. Uh, there was a friend of mine many years ago, his name was Phil. In fact, I was friends with his little brother, really. But after I came to God, I was talking to Phil, and Phil told me, he said, yeah, God and I have got a deal. I go, what's the deal? He said, I'm going to live like the devil till I'm 30 years old. And after I'm 30, I'm going to give the rest of my life to God. <clears throat> and I said, Phil, does, did God okay that deal? I don't even know if Phil's alive anymore. The point I'm making here tonight is that it this concept, it doesn't matter what you believe just as long as you believe. That's not biblical. It does matter what you believe. And and tonight, I'm gonna. there's going to be many topics. Well, if I get to them, I spent a lot of time on this, these introductions. But there, there will be... Uh, I'm going to talk about several different topics uh, tonight. Text me, 701-290-7862. Now way back in the country, in the woods of Illinois, back where Abraham Lincoln used to run as a boy, every Sunday night you can follow the crowd to that Pentecost church. On the outskirts of town Owls are white We're running And the seats are comfy I'll show you how We have church Out here in the country Holy 
song fits into this broadcast i don't know but it sure was jazzy the uh church in the country that's by a apostolic guy named greg mccool and a good guitar player i've talked to him on the phone actually before and he sent me some of his cds for free and you're listening to him the um pastor bob the tell it like it is show hello to Lori javier their children if they're listening uh josh and laura amber joby hello to you guys uh got a text from the our team that goes to the women's prison down in new england they had 18 ladies in both services that's exciting my texts keep coming in so text me tonight 701-290-7862 we're talking about it does matter what you believe it's not enough just to believe but you've got to zero in you've got to um, line your beliefs up with god's beliefs because um that's just the way it is uh, there are people that are basically kind of like Cain was in the Old Testament. They're going to make their little sacrifice to God, and they're going to do it the way they think they ought to do it. And God's like, I'm not going to accept it, Cain. And he even gave Cain another chance, and Cain didn't take the chance, got so jealous, and he killed his brother. So I'm going to mention a few things tonight where it does matter what you believe. Uh, number one, it matters 
what you believe about God. <laughs> That's basic. There's only one God. You know, there isn't nine gods. There isn't, you know, Greek gods and Norwegian gods and and um, Roman gods, Egyptian gods. Um, you know, there isn't. There's only one God. Uh, there aren't, um, and 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 there aren't three gods either. And there aren't three separate persons in God. There's only one God. The Bible says God is a spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is God. The Father and the Holy Spirit are the same person. There's only one God, just one. It matters what you believe. Jesus said in the book of John, he said, Unless you believe that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. It matters what you believe about Jesus. It matters who you think he is. Jesus came to this earth, the Son of God. He was born of a woman. He was had he he, he uh, was a true human, but he did not have a earthly father. She was a virgin when she conceived. She had never had sex with any man. Had not been artificially inseminated. She was she was a virgin, and she got pregnant, and that boy that was born had a woman for a mother but God himself was the father and the Bible teaches us that Jesus was both man and God at the same time so he's called the son of God the son of man and Jesus said that he was the same person as the father John chapter 14 one of his disciples said Lord Show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. Jesus said, Philip, how long have I been with you? Don't you know when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? What do you mean, show us the Father? It is important you understand who Jesus is. It's not enough to to uh, just say, well, everybody everybody's right in this topic. Or, or how about this one? It's just a mystery, Pastor. You can't figure it out. Well, if it is a mystery... The uh, and Paul said it was First Timothy three sixteen. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. <laughs> in other words, he just explained it to us. God took on a human body. The spirit that was in Jesus was the Father. The Father was in Jesus. That's why Jesus could say things like. I and my Father are one. That didn't mean they just agreed. They were one. This, this, uh, The Bible says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. In his resurrected body now, he will be seated on the throne. Jesus will. The Father is a spirit. God is a spirit. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones, folks. When you get to heaven, you'll see one seated on the throne, and it's going to be Jesus. He's the Ancient of Days in Daniel. The Ancient of Days in Daniel. Read the description of the Ancient of Days in Daniel, and read the description of the Son of Man's glorified body, 
in the book of Revelation. They're the same. They're the same person. So it matters who it matters who Jesus is. It matters what he said about being saved. It matters. If you're just tuning in late, I'm, I'm taking my my authority for this this um, concept from these men in 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 Beth Shemesh that had looked into the Ark of the Covenant. These these children of Israel. These these were part of the of God's called out people that had looked into the Ark of the Covenant and they were killed by God. They weren't killed by the devil. They weren't killed by the boogeyman on Halloween. They were killed by God. It killed them. You see, this I'm telling you, it matters what you believe. Now here, here again, it doesn't matter what Pastor Bob's opinion is. When it comes, you know, I, you know, like when I get out, if I get outside of the Bible here, it doesn't make any difference what I say to you. You know, and, and I'm going to just re-say it again. It possibly makes a difference if I'm your pastor. You know, people want a pastor because they want an opinion. I mean, if, if everything was covered in the Word of God, I, I guess we wouldn't even need a pastor. We just, we'd all come together, read our Bible. Somebody'd say, what should I do about this? And everybody'd study it out and say, this is what you should do. The Bible says this. So there are, there are, but there are situations that we don't know what to do exactly. So we have pastors. But when it comes to salvation, if your pastor tells you that there's not one God, it doesn't matter what his opinion is. The Bible said, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Just one. That's it. They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's how he started it out. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the greatest commandment. So it matters. It matters what the Bible says about salvation. It matters. Some people think salvation is saying the sinner's prayer. That they think that's salvation. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Amen. They think that's salvation. That's part of salvation. You've got to come to God in, in godly sorrow. You've got to ask for forgiveness. But some people think just having faith in God is salvation. That's part of salvation. But if it was just faith in God, the Bible says the demons, the devils believe. They have faith in God. They tremble. But they're not saved. You see, the, the, what does the Bible say about salvation? This is so important that it, we can't just make this stuff up. We can't, you know, um, I was talking right when I first came to God years and years ago. I was talking to a fellow, and he was getting really excited about what I was saying. And I said, so you believe what I'm saying? And he goes, yes. I said, I said, and you're, so you're really excited about what I'm saying, aren't you? He goes, yes. I said, well, we haven't even opened a Bible yet. I said, how do you know that? I said, you're a fool. I told him. And kind of, I just did it to shock him. You know, I might have been, I, I, my approach maybe wasn't that great back then, but anyway, it did work. I said, listen, I could be a Satanist. I could be a Jehovah Witness. I could be a Mormon. I could be anything. And you'd be just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does the Bible say? It was so fun because I heard 10 years after that conversation, he found his way to a church in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and was baptized in Jesus' name. I just love that story. But anyway, and he told the pastor, he said, I know a guy, Bob Simons, and, and we, he's, he told me about this. And he moved a block away from the church. It was just a neat story. But 
There is, what does the Bible say about salvation? I'll tell you what the Bible says. Like, there are, there are clear scriptures. One of them is in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. One of them is in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. John 3, 3, 3 through 5, Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, verse 37, they asked Peter while he was preaching. They interrupted him. They had bad manners. They said, men, brethren, what shall we do? Because Peter was preaching about the death of Jesus and how it was them that had caused the death of Jesus. And it was us today that has caused the death of Jesus because because it was our sins that put him on the cross. They, they interrupted Peter and the rest of the apostles said, men, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is one place where it's a very, why, why you say, Pastor Bob, you quote Acts 2.38 all the time. I do. I should quote it more. Because it's one place in the Bible that tells us exactly what it takes to be saved. Now, it's not the only verse I know, and it's certainly not the only verse I preach about. But I am preaching about it tonight because I think there's some people wandering around Dickinson, North Dakota that have a love for God. They're sincere. But you know what? You've been looking in the Ark of the Covenant box. You could end up dying over this. You know, I don't care if your grandpa believed something different and your grandma believed something different, and I don't care if they were the greatest people in all the world. And I'm not going to say they weren't. Because, you know, I, I was telling Seth, man, I've, I've run into so many fine people in my life that don't know the truth of God's word, and they're fine people. I mean, I, I was just with some this last, just yesterday, I was with some people, some relatives of mine, taking care of a handicapped son. I mean, they, most people would have institutionalized that kid, and they're taking care. I'm thought, I drove away thinking, man, these are fine people, just fine people. But just because you're a fine person doesn't mean you can ignore what the Bible says. Let me, let me tell you about Acts 2.38. Peter said unto them, repent. That certainly could include the sinner's prayer. But even maybe, could I say deeper than that? It's not just saying the words, but it's truly being sorry. Being sorry to God, sorry enough to change, sorry enough to quit, sorry enough to, to, um, to, to surrender to God. You feel so bad about the way you've lived your life, the way you've not only hurt others, but even God himself by ignoring him, by, by disobeying him. And you come to God with the Bible, what the Bible calls, says godly sorrow leads us to repentance. We're sorry to God. We repent. We ask God for forgiveness. Repentance is a powerful thing. There are churches that are built on repentance alone because it's so powerful. But is it enough? There's more. The Bible said, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And so, with repentance, there's another act that needs to take place, and it's baptism. Water baptism, the word baptism, means to immerse. That's what it means. If you've never been immersed You've never been baptized. 
You say, well, Pastor Bob, is that your opinion? No, I've moved outside of giving you my opinion. No, this is not my opinion. The word itself, the Greek word itself, means to completely submerge or dip. That's what it means. This, you can look in any church history book. Listen, you know, there isn't a a theologian or a preacher listening to me tonight that would argue against this. You can look in any church, you can look in the Catholic history books, you can look in any church history book, and you will find that they changed baptism from immersion to sprinkling. Like somewhere in the 5th or 6th century. Like five or 600 years. Now when I say they changed, believe me, there were still people that were doing it the right way. You see, somebody told me one time, and I'll be careful how I tell the story because that somebody could be listening. But anyway, they told me, well, my baptism is right for me, and your baptism is right for you. And I told this person, I said, listen. I said, there, here are several things that could be true. Number one, you could be right. Number two, I could be right. Number three, we both could be wrong. But I promise you this, we're not both right. We're not. Baptism is exactly what I'm talking about here today. It is important that you don't fight with the Word of God, especially about something this important. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. How? Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody might say, well, Pastor Bob, our church baptizes in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, like Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says. So we're doing it the way Jesus said. Do you think Peter was not? Do you think Peter was just making it up as he went? Let's look at Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Jesus didn't say in the names of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Do you know why? Because Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not names. He said in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Peter and the rest of the apostles knew that he meant in the name of Jesus. And that's why I will offer a $500,000 reward to anyone out there that can find anybody that was baptized in the New Testament church using the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I've offered that offer for many years, and no one's ever been able to get me to pay it. I'd have to take out a loan, sell my house, and so on. But I am i uh, i wouldn't make that offer if I didn't know for sure. You know, maybe you have been immersed, but maybe you've never been immersed in the name of Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Bob, are you saying I'm going to hell? Don't put words in my mouth. What I am saying is, when it comes to the things of God, I've got a whole Bible that tells me it's important to do what God says, to do it His way. You know, this. Um, what, about, what about confirmation? I believe in confirmation. I really do. Somewhere, somewhere in the past, something got messed up. Because the Bible talks about that there's a confirmation that you've received the Holy Ghost. 
There's a confirmation. And somewhere, and, and at one time in the early church, everybody knew what that confirmation was. But for some reason, confirmation has got changed into taking classes and a religious ceremony. But the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. In Acts chapter 10, we read where, where Paul or where Peter said, These people have received the Holy Ghost just like we did, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. In Acts chapter 11, he said, He said, These people, I, I wanted them to be baptized. He was telling some other people this, because they received the Holy Ghost just the same way that we did. There is a confirmation about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I think if you study the Scripture closely, you'll see that they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. You know, there are a lot of things we could talk about tonight. We could talk about, is keeping the Sabbath day important for the New Testament church? It's an interesting discussion. Um... I do believe that the Scripture teaches that the the Holy Spirit is the rest today. I don't believe that Christians keep the Sabbath day, the Saturday Sabbath. But it's an interesting discussion. But before we discuss any of those other things, what do you think about repentance? Water baptism in the name of Jesus. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues. What do you think about that? You know, sometimes I've had uh, Mormon missionaries come to my door and talk to me about the Book of Mormon. I've had Jehovah Witnesses come to my door and talk to me about a new a new Earth. Um, you know, all very interesting stuff. But I always try to bring the conversation to them and say, "Have have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues as the evidence, as the confirmation?" You know, maybe I'm giving you a lot to think about tonight here, and I I know I'm not taking a lot of breaks in this. I brought my guitar in here and everything, but I don't think I'll get to play any songs on this tonight. But it's important. What does the Bible say? What is God's opinion? doesn't matter what your priest's opinion is. doesn't matter what the Baptist pastor's opinion is. doesn't make any difference what the Seventh-day Adventist pastor's opinion is. doesn't make any difference what the, the Mormon bishop's opinion is it doesn't make any difference what pastor bob's opinion is what is god's opinion see this is big stuff here this this isn't like join my church i want to be your pastor it isn't quite like that i do want to be your pastor and i'd love to have you join our church but this is different than this this isn't talking about like oh we've got our little sect of christianity and we really are good at this this and that we got a great choir friendly people, whatever. This isn't about that. What it's about is, what does the Word of God say about salvation? You know, what does the Word of God say about righteousness? What does the Word of God say about right and wrong, for instance? Like, are you living with somebody and you're not even married to them? And you think you're a Christian? Is that, I mean, do you have a true understanding of the Scripture? I mean, are you living a homosexual lifestyle and think that you still 
have favor with God? You know, and here again, I, I don't hate anybody, and I'm not just trying to say things to make people mad, but what I'm saying is, what are you basing that on? Are you basing that on how you feel? Are you attracted to the same sex? So does that make it right? So let me get this straight. If you, if you want to do something really bad, it becomes right to you? Is that right? You know, if, if you can't afford something and you see a way that you can cheat or steal for it, if you really want it bad, does that mean you should cheat and steal for it? Does that make cheating and stealing right? Do you see what I'm saying here tonight? It matters what we believe. It doesn't matter just that you do believe, but it matters what you believe. It matters about right and wrong. It matters about uh, what God requires of his people. It really does. It ma- it matters what what God thinks about about um, covetousness, and it matters what God thinks about about um, unforgiveness and bitterness, and, and it, it matters what God thinks. Are you going to go to heaven and be able to lie? You know, I mean, are you going to go to heaven? I mean, are you going to be able to lie and go to heaven? You know, I mean, is that is that going to I mean, is that going to work? You say, well, I, I think it's okay because I, I didn't want to hurt their feelings, so I lied to them. So that's good? You know, I, I don't know. I haven't even looked at my phone. I'm kind of afraid to. I don't know. Hopefully nobody's mad at me here. But, the, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, um, I, oh, I got some questions here, too, and I didn't even, I'm just looking at these here. The... Um, yeah, somebody said the danger is when people turn feelings into beliefs. Uh, that's that is so true. I mean, it is so true. You feel a certain way. You know, I feel like I feel like these are good people. So they're all saved. Well, there's a lot of good people out there, but they're not good enough to be saved without God. You know what? I'm just gonna. I I, I think I've thrown enough things out here to to maybe. Um, hopefully make you think just a little bit. This is Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. You know, the Bible says in Second Timothy, let me just kind of finish up with this in verse chapter 2 and verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And tonight, um, I, I just want to say, and I want I, 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 this is not this is not about joining my group in Dickinson. It's not about that. In fact, it's really never been about that for me. It just never has. It's it's not about it. It's not. You know, we've got a really cool group in Dickinson. We got our churches full of people, and it's like to me, it's like every pastor's dream come true. I mean, like, I mean, this is stuff I was just dreaming of. You know, twenty. Seven years ago, twenty-eight years ago, when we started this church, we just had nobody. <clears throat> now, see when I walk into church, see a church full of people. I mean, it's just—it's incredible to me. I mean, I—I don't—I don't hope I never get over it. I, and and it's still growing. And I, you know, we're going to end up with a new building eventually, and fill that one up too. And we're starting Pentecostal churches around this area. That's our plan. I've, I passed a friend of mine, and in, in Bismarck's got one plan for Mandan, New Salem, Washburn. Uh, we've got one started in Beach, 
on Tuesday nights, and we're planning on one in Bowman, and and um, you know, I just, I mean, this this is like a dream come true for me. But you know what? This is not about me building some kind of kingdom for Pastor Bob. This is about the plan of salvation. It's about Acts two thirty eight. You're listening to the um, Tell It Like It Is radio show, and Seth is going to give out some information. About that, and I'm still not going to eat this cheese popcorn he bought me, not until I get home, because it'll make a big mess. So, All right, well, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church. We're right here in Dickinson. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. Again, that's the New Life Pentecostal Church. Our next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. You are invited you need a ride give us a give us a call at the church the number there is 701-264-7862 again the church phone number 701-264-7862 or you can email us at robert simons 58 at gmail.com that's the new life pentecostal church sunday mornings 10 o'clock is our adult sunday school we have children's sunday schools as well at 10 at 10 o'clock on sunday mornings 11 o'clock on sunday mornings is our worship service this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. If you have any more questions or comments here, you can call us in studio 701-225-5133 or you could text us at 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country, you can email us robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Just... Uh try to say this in a really nice way. The Bible says, speak the truth in love, so I, I hope this comes across right. But you know what? I think part of the in love part means that you are speaking the truth. Like, telling the truth is loving people. If you're going to church, to a church, and they don't preach at least Acts 2.38, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, if you're bringing your family to a church that doesn't preach at least that, why? I mean, like, why? I mean, we got to start somewhere. I mean, why? You know, that's, I mean, that, those are the bare bones. These these are the, uh, Paul said in Hebrews, he said, these these are the fundamentals, the, the doctrine of baptisms, of repentance, of the laying on of hands. These are the, these are the fundamental basics, judgment to come. I think it's time for you to make a move. I think it's time for you to take a step. I think you need to take a step out of your religion and out of your relig- religiosity <laughs> and, um, and and take a step into truth. If you gave me half a reason, I would tell you what is true. But no matter how you listened, there's nothing I could do. To make you see with more than just your mind Till the day stepped across the line No explanation Can tell you what I've seen There's no way to paint a picture That can show you what I mean When I say I left the man I was behind Found another world across the line 
Gotta take a step Cross the line Let Jesus fill your heart and mind I can show you where to look But you gotta seek to find Gotta take a step Cross the line An invitation Is the best that I could do To change your future till forever But the rest is up to you You can take his hand Or keep on going blind He waits for you Right across the line You gotta take a step Cross the line Let Jesus fill your heart and mind I can show you where to look But you gotta seek to find Gotta take a step Cross the line Lord Jesus, tonight I pray, God, I believe, Lord, I'm just believing there's hungry people that are listening tonight to this broadcast. God, I pray that you give them the courage to to take that step across the line tonight, that step across the line of their religion, their ideas, what has made sense to them, and God, help them take a step across that line to truth, obedience to your word. God, I just pray and help us, Lord, to meet these people, be a part of of this transition in their life. I just pray that you would touch them. Give them the courage, God, and the power. God, I come against the deception, maybe this religious deception even, that's held them back all these years. I just pray in the name of Jesus. It was certainly an honor for me that you listened tonight to this radio broadcast. Um, I only mean good. I don't mean to hurt you, but I do know sometimes I stir up the hornet's nest and possibly did tonight. But God bless you folks. Come and visit us. Our next service is Wednesday night at 730, 105, 7th Avenue West in Dickinson. And I hope to meet you there. And um, if you're mad at me, uh, try to get over it before Wednesday night. I want to meet you. God bless you. Good night. We'll be back next week. You are my light. You are my joy. Yeah.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. 
The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.